world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are <laughs> Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Got on my battle fatigue and battled warrior, prepared to occupy. Got my war hat on today. Just kind of feeling, just kind of feeling that feeling here this morning. I want to, uh, uh, yeah, I had another epiphany last night. I, I don't even know what that really means. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get on that in a second. An, an epiphany. Uh, I, I want to, we went out on a boat last night. Did a lot of work yesterday at Sky High, and I'm talking about uh, Ken Wardine, Steve Deck. Bob and Tammy Evans, and Michelle and I. We've been we've been doing a lot of work up at uh, up at Sky High, and the, the fellowship that we had uh, just just was really really good. Not just because we were on a boat, but just being out together eating pizza on, on a pontoon boat, rolling down the Buckeye Lake. But I saw something really really clearly last night. I took, there, uh, I took um, Bob Evans is the guy directed the cross at Sky High. And uh, I remember the day we did, I remember the day we birthed it in his heart to do it. And I remember the day he did it. I remember how he did it. And it's it's just absolutely remarkable. And I, I thought again yesterday, as we're as we're riding out there, uh, shooting the whatever on the boat, uh, how rich fellowship is, but really how rich fellowship becomes when you really are exercising your gift. Let, let me give you. Let me give you an example. I, um, we, I, I, I always uh, I say to Bob Evans, said to him regularly uh, this the last couple three days, I would turn to him and say, Bob would be fixing something for me. He painted the cross, painted the tower. Yesterday he worked and repaired on uh, the zero turn mower that we mow. You know, the blades were dead. A lot of problems with it. Bob worked and fixed that thing up. Steve Dex over doing running his skid steer like he owned the thing, and Ken Mordeen's. I mean, just a lot of lot of good stuff. And sometimes I sometimes I feel uh, inadequate because there's so much there's so much I don't know how to do. And that's not that's not easy for a guy like me who uh, can we, can we all admit it? We're all prideful, aren't we? We're all prideful. It's never easy for somebody to admit, you know, I don't know how to do that. I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm almost 70 years old. I don't, I don't have any idea how to do that. Because a guy like me in particular hosts my own podcast, for heaven's sakes. I know everything, right? Well, I was struck again yesterday by the uh, joy that comes with exercising your gift. You want to know what what your gift is? Look at what it is that you enjoy doing. And I said to Bob Evans about three times yesterday. I said, "Hey, Bob, do you know how to block a four three stack?" And he would just chuckle. You guys are scratching your head. Say what? Four three stack? Yeah, that's a that's a defensive look that they give you in football when you line up to run a play. They could give you a 5-2. They could give you a 5-3. They could give you a 4-4. They could give you a 4-3 stack. They could give you a 4-3 over. They could, go get, they could give you a double eagle. There's all types of looks that you get. And I simply asked Bob, Bob, do you know how to block that 4-3 stack? And he would just chuckle because he doesn't even know what a 4-3 stack is. Yet I'm an expert at it. Here's the problem. Bob doesn't coach a football team, so I can't help him block that 4-3 stack. It doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to him. And so that knowledge that I have and the knowledge that you have and really the knowledge that all of us have tends to have a bit of, of very strong focus to it. 
Whatever it is you're good at, you are that is your gift. And you're happiest when you are exercising that gift. Uh, I watch my wife. She has a gift of what would you call it? Hospitality? I'm, I don't know what it is. I don't know. Well, our numbers are low this morning. You know, people having trouble. Get, they'll probably start banging me here. Coach, I can't get in. I can't get in. My wife's happiest when she's serving others. What do you what, What's your gift? Has anybody ever tried to help you develop your gift? Has anybody ever pointed out to you what your gift is? And I know Bob Evans, and I know Tammy, and I know Wardeen, and I know that Steve Deck, when they leave here, uh, later on today probably, Steve will be late late tonight, when they leave here, they're not going to take any money because they've enjoyed exercising their gift. I wonder how many, I wonder how much the, the American church is hindered by the fact that you've never been taught what your gift is, nor how to use it, how to exercise it, and the joy that comes with having done so. And if there's, if there's a theme to, to me and to my life, that's, that's it, I think. I want you to learn to use your gift. I want you to figure out what your gift is and use it. And can I tell you something? Some of you are really doing a wonderful job. And... Uh, People are noticing it. Good people, good guys are noticing it, but bad guys are noticing it as well, folks. I'm going to take you through some George Orwell stuff. We're going to talk about some different things to show you exactly how this, you know, people people don't understand. It's hard for people to understand that uh, the devil doesn't look like the devil. He doesn't attack. He doesn't play. It doesn't look like the devil, friends. There are only two sides to this battle. King Jesus and Lucifer. That is it. There really is no demilitarized zone. Truth is, if you're not being very active and exercising your gift, you're probably not going to have much opposition. Devil's not going to poke you if you're not doing much. A lot of you have been poked. A lot of you are involved. It's causing it's causing stress and it's causing strain everywhere you go. Family, family issues, friends, church. And uh, somebody said earlier, I can't remember who it was, Randy. It's Randy said it. Finally feels like he found his tribe. Whatever that means. But I want you to know that uh, I believe that the Luciferian left is so, what's the word, wounded. They've had, they've had basically free reign for how long? How long have they been in charge without any pushback at all from the church? And the, uh, if, uh, the Bible tells us that we're not to be ignorant of his devices. It's easy. Hey, it's easy to see how it's easy to see how the devil plays. He, it's the same script over and over and over and over and over. Deception, lies, and deception. If the devil ever told you the truth, he'd be lying. The Bible says he's the father of lies. There is no truth in him. And uh, part of the themes, one of the themes that we've had here at the show over and over is. It's not what you, it's not what you know that counts. It's what you don't know. The lies and the deceptions and things that we've been told and things that we've accepted as truth and trusting in people we thought were were honest with us, not not realizing that many many have been compromised, compromised on purpose, compromised accidentally, but compromised nonetheless. And that that's what we're dealing with. And. Um, I just want to let all of you know out there that that I just appreciate I just appreciate you being there and fighting for all your worth. Kevin Van Story did not win his race last night. He was running for presiding commissioner, finished second or third. I don't know exactly what it was. But can I say, damn, I'm proud of him. It's the second time now he's run. He hadn't won. Hey, Kevin, if it's any con- consolation for you, I ran for public office three times. I didn't. I didn't. I never won. I never did. But I, I tell you that by engaging in the battle, you you advance the ball. You advance the ball. And uh, just trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And the truth of the matter is, sometimes he directs your path down a losing battle. It's a 
It's just the reality of it. Sometimes you got to get, I'm going to cuss, hang on. Sometimes you got to get your ass kicked to get better. And sometimes you have to get your butt beat to become uh, more seasoned, more experienced, more understanding of what's going on. So, Kevin, winners bounce, man. It's like I used to carry around a, a tennis ball and I'd bounce. I'd say, boom, that thing, throw that ball down, that thing up, say, winners bounce. Winners bounce. Hey, folks, winners bounce. You know what I'm saying? Winners bounce. And I think we're, we're getting ready to, uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. I think we're beginning to see a second wave now of the Luciferian left really doubled, doubling down on their efforts. Because look, they're, they're not dumb. They look out there, they see Biden's fraud and a joke. And they know there's an election coming up, and they're going to have to try to get him. They can't cheat that much. They can't cheat that much. So it's about disruption and all these other things. Let me ask you a question real quick. Whatever happened to radical Islam? You remember that, don't you? You do remember that, don't you? Radical Islam, when that was all the rage and it brought in the, uh, what do they call that act? The Patriot Act, the uh, inappropriately named Patriot Act, ushered all that stuff in, right? And that we're living right now. Right now, we are living under the oppression put in power by the Patriot Act. All those things they put in place to keep us from those mad, mad Muslims are now using to destroy individual liberty. And I said this yesterday, Spencer, if you could real quickly pull up for me um, the First Amendment. Pull that up there again. No, Myra, I haven't forgotten you today. Believe it or not, I haven't forgotten you today. First Amendment pulled up there again. Just, just, uh, yeah, there you go. Just, there you go. Cool. There you go. Scrolling down. Because I'm going to show you that the, the First Amendment has been, uh, our Constitution has been totally destroyed. Uh, First Amendment. <laughs> Where is it? Dude, gone. This, there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, here we go now. Uh, Congress shall make no law. <clears throat> Why is this so hard to find the First Amendment to do that? Can't you, can't you just type in First Amendment? Amendment one. Anyway, anyway, I want you to know, understand that every because of the Patriot Act, every one of our First Amendment rights are on the verge of being gone. Every every one of them are being gone. Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion. Maybe you ought to go to a different website. Just type in First Amendment. I'm not yelling at you, Spencer. You're doing good. Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We know this, that from COVID, there is no free exercise of religion. There's none. You can't do a religious exemption without going to the government and getting the government to approve your religious exemption. And if the government has veto power over your right to religion, then you don't have freedom of religion, friends. It's not just that. It's prayer in schools. It's prayer every, everywhere you look. There it is. There it is. Okay, thank you. What are, what are the rights? Freedom of religion, Gone. Abridging the freedom of speech. Are you allowed to open? Are you allowed to openly speak? If you, are you allowed to openly speak against the government? If you openly speak speak against the government, they will come down on you. So I want you to know that freedom of speech is gone. So we've lost what? Establishment of religion, free exercise gone, freedom of speech gone, of the press. No, 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 no. No freedom of the press. They ban you on Facebook. They ban you on Twitter. They ban you everywhere. No freedom of speech anymore. How about this? The right of the people to peaceably assemble. You have a right to peaceably assemble? No, they send you to Washington, D.C., and then they infiltrate it, and then they blame it on you, and then you're not allowed to assemble anymore. And look at this, the last one, going out the door. To petition the government for a redress of grievances. If you can't, if American citizens cannot walk, march in mass, two million strong, to the Capitol where their elected officials are, 
and peaceably assemble to petition the government for redress of grievances, we are screwed. That is why, friends, they had to make January 6th appear to be violent. Because then they can say, well, of course you're allowed to assemble, but it wasn't a peaceable assembly. You get it? Come on, tell me you get it, right? That's what they've done to us. That's where we are. That's why I'm an embattled warrior today. Because I know, I know, I know it's not going to. I know it's not going away. They they are in a desperate, desperate death hold. Myra, come on and press in real quickly. Coach, I will be delighted to do so. Um, it is written Luke fourteen eighteen to through thirty five. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first one say unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excuse. And another say, I have bought five joke of oxen, and I have to prove them. I pray thee, have me excuse. Still another one said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that the servant came and reported these things to the, his master. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor, and the main, and the lame, and the brine. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highway and hedges and compel them to come in. Compel them. That, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own son also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, for which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it less happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all see it began to mock him saying this man began a building and was not able to finish saying this man began to build and was not able to finish for what kind of going to make was Against another king, set of not down, first consulted whether he is able with 10,000 to meet his commitment against him with 20,000. Or else, while the order is yet a great off, he sent an ambassador he and desired conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Sad in good, but it, if the sad have salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savior, wherewith shall it be seasoned? Is neither fit for the land, not yet for the downhill, but men cast it out. He that have ears, let him hear. Holy Trinity. You're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. you got to count the cost. See, that's, what, that's kind of been the theme, isn't it? All in? Are you all in? Because uh, half-hearted efforts where we are, they're, uh, they're not going to be good. Hey, the, the men's retreat coming up. Hey, can you come in here? Somebody, uh, how about Dennis? Dennis, come in there and explain to everybody what's going on in this men's retreat on August 14th. Betty's retreat is the 12th and 13th of August, the men's retreat here at Sky High. Dennis, can you come in and fill us in a little bit? Yes, Coach, thank you. Um, the church has failed men, period, Dad. I think you've mentioned that to, at length. Um, but, you know, we need somewhere where men can plug in. They're looking for something to engage those gifts, engage 
you know, themselves and even find some healing because, you know, men keep everything kind of bottled up and, you know, carry that emotion and pain around with them. But we need that safe place where men can actually like, you know, minister to one another and actually, you know, break those ties that they've been carrying around for so long so they can actually focus on the army of God and his purpose. So I really think that's what, you know, we're trying to to, to start here. And, you know, with Mike and Glenn and you and I think we can do great things and and helping men, you know, engage in the army in Christ and heal from whatever wounds from their past. Amen. So, folks, it's August. Uh, men, men, August twelfth. Uh, what time? Three to five. Fourteen. It says, I'm sorry, I looked at the wrong thing. The fourteenth, one to four, one to four. It's not going to be a church service. It's going to be men fellowship. You're going to enjoy it. So that's guys in central Ohio. If you can make it or anybody can come, but it's only a three hour event. Uh, by the way, a mission is you have to bring somebody with you. The mission charge is you must bring another man with you. By the way, not another man that's already in the queue. Bring another man with you. And uh, going to eat. And uh, I was going to say eat, drink and be merry. But uh, look, looking forward to doing that. A lot of good things going on. That's what I love about you guys. It's all going on. Uh, you know that uh, this is hard for people to understand. People, somebody asks, Coach, what is the Salt and Light Brigade? I said, well, it's really, it's nothing. <laughs> it's really nothing. I, I, I tell them, I said, I do a podcast in the morning. And Salt and Light Brigade are people who are alive and awake and love the Lord and want to do something about it. There's no membership. There's no dues. There's no nothing. Want to be part of the Salt and Light Brigade? Come, come and join us. See, people don't get it because we're always about joining and memberships and who's in charge and hierarchy and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to, we're trying to break away from it. Scares, the, scares both teams, by the way. Scares both teams. The Lord wants me to play this for me. Go to, because uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, George Orwell, 1984, and some other things. Go down to number five real quick for me, Spence, if you could. Play number five for me. I love simplicity. No, I don't know if that's there. It is. That's what I want. There you go, bud. There you go. Actually, seeing is the systematic implementation of the fall of the republic and the rise of the corporation of the United States. Every major event is is a step in the ladder to achieve that end. COVID is just another rung in the ladder, which is why there's a deliberate mixing of all the wordplay. Right? I mean, we should stop calling it, you know, quarantine. That's a term designated for people that are verified sick. This is a house arrest mandated by the state. You should stop calling it, you know, social distancing. There's nothing social about forced isolation. Uh, we should stop saying safer at home when millions of Americans don't have basic necessities adequate to fit their needs. It assumes that everybody's home is equally as safe as the people that are making the statements. We should stop saying, you know, uh, this is for the greater good. Right. When you close the economy, killing millions of businesses that families have worked generations to establish, that's anything but good. We should stop saying this is the new normal. That's just blatant mind control drivel. There's nothing normal about forced isolation, you know, treating your neighbor like they have the plague, breathing your own bodily waste, wearing masks, living in constant fear of contamination. That's normal. I mean, after all, if the virus is so deadly, why hasn't it wiped out the homeless who don't social distance, wash themselves regularly, let alone, you know, live in or have access to a sterile environment? Last year, 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis. Why were you not wearing a mask during the tuberculosis pandemic? You were endangering, you know, public health and safety, along with billions of other uh, people around the globe. So why didn't you wear a mask? I'll tell you why. Because the mainstream media didn't tell you to wear a mask. <laughs> right? And so because because though 1.5 million people died from tuberculosis, there was no tuberculosis pandemic. Any more than there's a coronavirus pandemic. What you're really participating in is a beta test for AI systems and facial recognition. See, these cameras work best when people are, you know, distance apart. Now that they're, now they're actually testing through machine learning how to recognize, you know, a face that's partially covered. It's also a way to easily determine who's compliant and who's not. Who does the propaganda work on and who it doesn't? 
Now get this, you know, there there's some ironies that are here, right? A, so, a society that kills millions of babies a year for convenience has shut itself down to prevent adults from dying. People that on the one hand slaughter babies in the womb by the millions are now preaching uh, to the masses about the, the sanctity of human life. It's double speak, double talk. It's the, two, it's the two doctrine policy, one for the initiated, one for the uninitiated, one for the inner circle, another for the masses. It's like saying, you know, if I violate the stay at home order, I can be arrested, but you're letting convicted criminals out of prison so they don't get coronavirus. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. If there's a real pandemic, does it require, you know, uh, faulty virus models, rigged test results, 81% false positives, inaccurate news reporting, stage <laughs> hospital overruns, manipulated death certificates? Nope. You know, when the government shuts down you know, millions of small businesses but doesn't lay off any government employees, it's not about the health. Hmm? When the state bans dentists from practicing but deems it necessary for abortion clinics to stay open, it's not about your health. When the, the, the state prevents you from buying seeds for your garden, but allows you to purchase lottery tickets, it's not about your health. An institution that you know has the ability to destroy all of Earth through you know alleged nuclear warfare should not regulate personal self-defense. You know, an institution that's caught trafficking drugs shouldn't be able to regulate plants. An institution that's racked up $23 trillion prior to coronavirus in debt shouldn't be allowed to manage the retirement fund. Hmm? An institution that was caught spreading STDs should not be allowed to run health care. If people are really concerned about public health and safety, you know, in general, but, you know, they don't care if people, you know... Um, eat garbage, drink poison, smoke cancer, and take prescription drugs, but think that toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and masks are going to protect them from the boogeyman coronavirus. You know, this is a special kind of stupid that I, I can't address here. You should ask yourself uh, some, a couple basic questions. When did you consent from, you know, you creating a government to serve you to you serving the government ruling over you? If you want to know, you know, who's in charge... Just think about who you can and can't criticize. That's pretty, uh, pretty concise, isn't it? So one, of, so one of the issues that we run into, folks, look, here, here, here's the theme of what I'm trying to get across today. <clears throat> we are governed by God, my friends. We're governed by God. And we created a government so that we might live peaceably. All of us live together peaceably. But we all understand that we this thing has now morphed into something where the average American, even Christian, obeys government more readily than they obey God. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen to me. They amen. more readily obey government than amen. they do obey God, right? And there's a lot of reasons why that's going on, but part of it is mind control, yada, yada, yada. So I want to I wanna pop up, uh, number one, number one, Scripture today. Because I, I quote Psalm 11. Psalm 11 is very, very short. But I, I quote this often because it's kind of really at the heart and where we are. Psalm 11 says, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. Who does the wicked bend their bow? They make their they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privately, privately shoot at the upright in heart. I'm going to read that again. The wicked are shooting their bows at the upright in heart. They're not after everybody, friends. So many people have already complied. So many people have already forfeited their, their trust in the Lord. They don't know it yet. They, they think they're doing the right thing. Psalm 3, for the low, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in the heart. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? 
You know, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Throne, throne, high above all principalities and powers, high above every government, above every government entity, above every governmental department, above everything, he's in his throne. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord sometimes tests you. Did you ever think about that? Some of these testings that have come into your life, did you ever think that maybe they were from the Lord? It says here that he tries the children of men. Seeing if you're worth your weight. Upon the wicked, he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth uphold the upright. The battle's right there. The battle's very, very clear, folks. There it is, right? They shoot at, who do they shoot at privately? Hey, Spencer, kick in the message there real quick. Can you do that? What's the message Bible say about Psalm 11. I've already run for dear life straight to the arms of God. So why would I run away now? Man, oh man, that's good, isn't it? Why would you run away now when you say, run to the mountains, the evil bows are bent, the wicked arrows aim to shoot under cover of darkness at every heart open to God. The bottom's dropped out of the country. Good people don't have a chance. But God hasn't moved to the mountains. His holy address hasn't changed. He's in charge as always. His eyes taking everything in. His eyelids unblinking, examining Adam's flesh and blood inside and out, not missing a thing. He tests the good and the bad alike. If anyone cheats, God's outraged. Fail the test and you're out. Out in a hail of firestones, drinking from a canteen filled with hot desert wind. God's business is putting things right. He loves setting the lines straight, setting us straight. Once we're standing tall, then we can look him straight in the eye. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Joanne, come on. I'm not done. Come on in, Joanne. Then uh, Jonathan. Yes, if you want to bring up Psalms 20. Psalm 20. Psalms 20 in verse 1 and then 7, 8, 9 at the end. But, I mean, all of them, maybe you could read the whole thing. It's not very long. It's 1 through 9. He's trying to get back to the King James here. There are you coming. What do you want me to read, uh, uh, Joanne? I mean, you gave me some verses. Okay, one and seven, eight, nine. One, the Lord hear thee in the day. The Lord hear thee in a day of trouble. The name of God of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send them help from the sanctuary and strengthen them. Oh, strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept the burnt off sacrifice. Selah. Grant thee according to thy own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill at thy petitions. Now know I am the Lord, saveth, now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven, and the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save the Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Amen. Amen. Persecution is a good thing. Jonathan. Amen. So I did a meditation this morning and I posted it on my Rumble channel, but it's right along your theme of the Holy Spirit is going to build his church without superstars. Okay. So this is my point. Yes. In the first century, do you think Rome knew about where every citizen was? Do you think there was like, uh, big government, the cabal. That was all cabal. And guess what? <coughs> Church was built. The gates of hell cannot prevail. So Amen. what I think is good about all this, this is, this is my word of encouragement for all of us right now. 
The superstars in the church are falling. The superstars in government are falling. People are going to have to look to the living God, right? When Paul was called, he was told up front by the Lord that he would suffer many things at the hands of the Gentiles. Amen. So when we're called now, you're called into a fight. You're not called into a lay down, vacation, a cruise. So that's Christianity 101. That's first century Christianity, which is what I, I believe is going to be restored as first century Christianity. And when you just think about this one thing, like I, I said it this morning, it's like it's so simple. But when you baptize somebody, you lay them down in, in, in the way that I would baptize somebody. Is you lay them down, which signifies death to what? The world, the government, yourself, the flesh, Satan. You are now dead to that and rise up to a new boss, a new leader to fight. Like we're, you're a football coach. I'm a, you know, I'm into sports and all that. You know that. What we think about is a fight. That's how we think, but that's how the church was, was lied to and it was put to sleep by a Amen. lot of things. And, and what I, I, I'm tired of people picking on us. You know, we're the remnant. We've been standing, we've been alone. That's why we're in this huddle, right? We, we, we're <coughs> struggling alone. Yet now, now finally God is bringing people together to do something, to win, to, 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 take, to take ground. So like you say, the, the deep state's being exposed, but there's always been a deep state and there's always been a, a cabal. And Christianity has always been God's weapon to defeat the cabal. It's always been the backstop, man. It's always been the backstop. Amen. Amen. Uh, listen, I want to. I want to show you something uh, real quickly. I want to put into the chat. For, let me get my bearings here. I want to show you uh, how. I want to give you a little bit of a history lesson. Relax, coach. Three videos I'm going to put into the chat, and sometime over the next whenever, watch all of them. And you'll get a greater understanding of what's going on. Number one, just click on them real quick for me, Spencer, and then put it in each one of them in the chat. Number one is you can watch the video 1984. The book written by George uh, Orwell, 1984, is available online on YouTube. You can watch. You can watch it. 1984. We've all heard about it. And remember, this was written in 1948 by George Orwell, the reverse numbers. And George Orwell telling us what was going to happen in the future. And folks, if you watch this, you see that it's playing out. So then we're going to put this in the chat. This is every Christian ought to have read, watched 1984. That's number one. The second one, Brave New World, written by Aldous Huxley. That's also online on YouTube. You can watch Brave New World because Brave New World will show you exactly how we got where we are. These two things coming together. These are, folks, these are reenactments, videos of the actual book. You're not listening to a book being read. They're acting out. And then the third one is the movie Soylent Green. Soylent Green. Some of us remember that, right? That was with... uh, Charlton Heston. Ch- Soil and green is people. He screams at the end of it. So I'm going to put all three of these in the video so w- that we're going to be able to see, that, number one, the predictive programming. They told us they were going to do it. They explained how they were going to do it. And then Soil and green is nothing more than a look back. They did it. They did it. So put all three of those in the chat. Watch them, watch them at your leisure, uh, because they're all they're all really really illustrative. Okay, so l- let me then wiggle over to. <clears throat> I should have men- mentioned this to you before, boys and girls. Go to number. Excuse me, number four, Spencer. Well, I had some good pizza last night. That's that good pizza last night. It was good. Uh, it's a website called Tier Tierney. Have do you any? You don't have to raise your hand. Folks, this is one of the greatest sources of information 
I, I use it a lot. I use it a lot in some of the stuff we do. It's a, it's a congregate. Was that the right? It's a place where a lot of information is gathered and put together. And you can scroll down at the bottom, and you can go clear to the bottom for me real quickly, Spence. Clear down at the bottom, and she, uh, she, she does this every day. And at the bottom of it, she will give you a place to, uh, to get, get the email. Sign up for the email. There it is, right there. You just went by it. Uh, so go down there, and you want to keep up with what's going Peggy Traeger Tierney. She does this every day. And she, this was from last week. I was going to use it, and I didn't get a chance to use it. But it piggybacks on what I want to talk about here today, okay? So, Spencer, go up, uh, go up on this page. Again, this is tyranny. <clears throat> Appropriate, right? Tyranny. Tyranny. No, tyranny. Tyranny. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Go right under. Nope. Keep going. Right under Laura Ingram, I think it says. Isn't it? Right there. Blow that, blow that up for me. Uh, well, okay, uh, that's not. I got you in the wrong spot. What do I want, Coach? You start. Go to the stats un, under here. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Okay, getting seeing what I wrote to myself here. Go to the. Go up to the drag queen picture. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry, I'm doing this to you folks. Keep going. There we go. Come on. Come on. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. All right, now we're getting there. I'm sorry. There. Okay. It's not about the drag queen. George Orwell wrote a book called 1984, Warning About Global Totalitarianism. It was written in 1948. A world run by just a few people, (laughs) really, called the party. They would call them the deep state, right? Folks, remember, this is predictive programming from George Orwell, 1948. He told us what was coming about, okay? He talked about the government using fake revolutions to scare people and intimidate people into believing that life under a communist dictator where you would be watched constantly in spoon-fed propaganda really wouldn't be that bad going down. He wrote about the party, how it would divide people and brainwash people to the point that they would believe lies and turn against their own families. This is what Orwell, scroll on down, Spence. Go on down, go on down. Okay, keep going. So George Orwell, I'm going to read you some quotes from George Orwell. Go on down. For the sake of time. Keep going. Okay. Here are some of Orwell's most famous quotes from the book 1984. And ask yourself, folks, written in 1948, 1948, just after the war, talking about communism, Orwell says this. These are some famous quotes from the book 1984. He who controls the past controls the future. And he who controls the present Controls the past. The rewriting of history. Are we seeing that, friends? Tearing down the statues, yada, yada, yada. Number two, the party seeks power entirely for its own sake. We are not interested in the good of others. We are interested solely in power, pure power. This is what the communists, the democratic, socialist, Luciferian left. This is their game plan, friends. Okay? Three, in the end, the party would announce that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. The party's going to tell you Bruce Bruce Jenner is a woman, and you will call him a woman. That's the way it is if you're going to remain free. Number four, and when memory failed and written records were falsified, (coughs) the claim of the party to have improved the condition of human life had got to be accepted. They destroyed all the history, wrote new history, and then we live in that new history, and it's all lies. You think there's no other way of saving yourself, and you're quite ready to save yourself that way. You want it to happen to the other person. You don't give a damn what they suffer. All you care is about yourself. Guys, is that America? One does not establish a dictatorship in order to safeguard a revolution. No. One makes the revolution in order to establish the dictatorship. Dudes, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. That's liberty, telling people what they don't want to hear. Power is in tearing human minds to pieces and pulling them together again in new shapes of your own choosing. You tell me that's not going on, huh? Are you telling me that they're teaching the same education to your grandkids that you learned when you were in school? You're, even your children, 
Say, did your children learn the same things you learned? No, no, it's all being written. This is all being, remember, Hitler, or Nikita Khrushchev said that they would conquer America without firing a shot. The past was erased. George Orwell, 1984. The past was erased. The erasure was forgotten. The lie became the truth. There was truth and there was untruth. And if you clung to the truth, even against the whole world, you were not mad. We know that no one ever seizes power without, no, I'm sorry again. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. They're not going to give it up, folks. The masses never revolt of their own accord. And they never revolt, revolt merely because they are oppressed. Indeed. So, so long as they are not so long as they are per, not permitted to have standards of comparison, they never even become aware that they are oppressed. Orwell was discounted as a conspiracy theorist by many educated intellectuals. And what do you know now? Do you still think he was crazy? Or, Orwell was anti-totalitarianism, anti-collectivism, which includes communism, fascism, Marxism, Leninism, and corporatism. Collectivism means that belonging to an identity group, listen, gay, uh, black, uh, male, female, rich, poor, Republican. Collectivism means that belonging to an identity group is is more important than being an individual. Collectivism values conformity, which is by definition anti-freedom, which is why the globalist totalitarians of today want to place everybody in a group, label them, turn them against each other, and shun individual rights and individual thought to encourage groupthink and loyalty to the party. Jeez. Hmm. Now ask yourself, this is, by the way, this is from Peggy Tierney. Now ask yourself this most important question. Of everything you've been taught in school or by the news or the encyclopedia or online, what really is the truth? Do you know? Or do you just think you know? Because you heard it on the news or you saw it on the Internet or you heard it around the dinner table or your pastor preached on it. 80% of what you think is truth is not. 90% of the headlines you read are fake or twisted. Every time you do a Google search, they leave out the most important findings on purpose. Even DuckDuckGo is controlled. It's not just what they report. It's what they don't report. How many times you heard it from the old coach? It's not what they say. It's what they don't say. It's not what you know. It's what you don't know. Remember that big tech and the media are controlled by six major multinational corporations and funded by two major hedge funds. They all get their video and talking points from the same place. Question everything, research everything, analyze all sides, and use your common sense. Trust your gut and ask God for your help in deciphering, discerning the answers. That's your most important tool for truth. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to those who went before us and to those who will come after us. Godspeed. Folks, the battle in America is over truth. I encourage you to go down. I'll put it in the chat. Go down, link to that. This thing pops up in my email box every morning. Emma, go. Coach, more than 20 years ago, a former um, elementary teacher said to me, Emma, get all the books that they are throwing away. Somebody's throwing away the book of knowledge from 1952 or 1940. Get it. Get it and keep it. She said, get real books and they can't ever steal the truth about what really happened because the old books told the truth. And I'm glad she told me that. I believed it. And she also believed in homeschooling. (laughs) And I was doing it. So. Yeah, it was so, a good thing. So, thanks, thanks, Emma. So, folks, that's why I'm me. Okay, that's why I that's why I'm often make fun of sissy Bibles, right? Because as as we just read, words make words mean things, and you can substitute words. You can they are all what we call interpretations, right? They're interpretations. So it's somebody telling you what they think it said, 
and there's been the watering of the word has happened as a result of that. I like the King James because it's manly and it's harsh. Okay, go. Number six. Number six. Pull that up for me, Spence. And then go down to uh, John Whited, who runs uh, Rutherford Institution. Go all the way down. I saw this commentary the other day, and I've been trying to use it for about a week. Right there, right there. So I want to try to get it in. Here's what John Rutherford said if we had a new Declaration of Independence today. Here's what it would say. Make it bigger. There comes a time when a populace must stand united and say enough is enough to the government's abuses, even if it means getting rid of the political power parties in power. This is what John Rutherford said, a new Declaration of Independence. These would be the grievances, okay? The grievances. Believing that we, the people, have a natural and divine right to direct our own lives, hear our truths about the power of the people and how we arrived at the decisions to sever our ties to the government. All people are created equal. All people possess certain innate rights that no government or agency or individual can take away from them. Among these are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The government's job is to protect the people's innate rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The government's power comes from the will of the people. How many unelected bureaucrats do we have in Washington, D.C., making policy? Whenever any government abuses its power, January 6th, when any government abuses its power, it's the right of the people to order or abolish that government and place it with a new government that will respect and protect the rights of the people. The job of the government is to secure the rights. It's in the, that's in the, the Constitution. To secure these, that's a declaration. To secure these rights, governments are instituted. It's not wise to get rid of a government for minor current transgressions. In fact, as history has shown, people resist change and are inclined to suffer all manner of abuses to which they've become accustomed. However, when the people have been subjected to repeated abuses and power grabs carried out with the purpose of establishing a tyrannical government, people have a right and a duty to do away with that government, to replace it with a new government that will protect and preserve their innate rights for their future well-being. Folks, this is just a rewrite of... of uh, so I'm, I'm going to stop there because I'm about out of time. I'm going to open it up and let you, let you get in here a little bit. No, no, I got, I got one more thing. One more thing I got to do. Hang on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, they got us over. Paying taxes. The standalone email just sent you. It's paying taxes. I saw that. Man, I only got eight minutes left. Just popped up in my, I can't remember who sent it to. Whoever did, thanks. Look, the following 11 reasons should be forwarded over and over again until they're read so many times that readers get sick of reading, including all the, okay, number one, 11 billion to 22 billion is spent on welfare to illegal immigrants every year by state governments. Got that, folks? Illegal immigrants, 11 to 22 billion. $22 billion a year spent on food assistance, such as food stamps, WIC, free lunches, boom. Number three, $2.5 billion a year spent on Medicaid for illegal immigrants, $2.5 billion. Four, $12 billion a year spent on primary, $12 billion a year spent on primary secondary education for children here illegally that cannot speak a word of English, $12 billion. $17 billion a year spent for education for American-born children of illegal immigrants known as anchor babies. $3 million a day is spent to incarcerate illegal immigrants. 30% of all federal prison inmates, 30% are illegal immigrants. Those are guys who've come here and violated it all. 30% of all of our prisons. 90 Billion dollars a year is spent on illegal immigrants for welfare and social services by the American taxpayer. By the way, future Democrat voters. Not $200 billion a year in suppressed American wages are caused by illegal immigrants. Number 10, in 2006, illegal immigrants sent home 400, I'm sorry, in 2006, illegal immigrants sent back to their countries $45 billion American dollars. And 11, the dark side, okay, nearly 1 million sex crimes committed by illegal immigrants in the United States. Total cost is $338.3 billion a year on those who are not American citizens. Since there are approximately 135 million taxpayers in the United States, that means each one of you are forking up $2,500 a year to fund illegal immigrants. Now, folks, 
These aren't light and transient means, are they? These aren't light matters. These are the these are the issues that we as the body of Christ must get involved with. But I'm telling you, there is a groundswell. Merrick Garland, the guy who almost was on the Supreme Court, Merrick Garland is our attorney general, and he is in payback mode against Christians in particular who kept him, prevented him from being on the United States Supreme Court. Do I have evidence of that? Uh, no, I don't have, I don't have any evidence of that. But they, they make up evidence all the time. I'm going to show you some of that stuff tomorrow. What's going on? Myra, come on in. Help me wrap it up here. Coach, thank you so much. I just want to say thank you for us. And we had a great uh, prayer yesterday with the Christian Revolution. Yes. So I want to read uh, Psalm uh, 24, 8 to 10. Who is the king of glory? The Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord Amen. mighty in battle. Lift your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. <coughs> he is the king of glory. Selah. Hallelujah. Amen. He is the king of glory. And while I'm thinking of it, I'm sending in for Alan Keyes today. But listen, Alan Keyes' program has changed to Brideon TV. It's now only one hour. Only one hour from two until three. If you want to join us, I'll be sitting in for Dr. Keys. Clay, come on in here, Clay. Yeah, Coach. Over the last uh, two and a half years or so, we've had just a few people that really, really stand out as pushing back. And that's Tony Spell, Arthur Perlowski. They've all paid a price. Listen to me. They've all paid a price. And if we think we're going to push back without paying a price, you are dumber than a rock. Go ahead, Clay. Well, you got Coach Dave and the Salt and Light Brigade, Kyle Rittenhouse, and the January 6th Patriots. And all of this is part of this great reset that they keep talking about. So what you just said, uh, you used the term just a minute ago, pushback. We need to turn this into the great pushback. We need to we need to everybody on board get their mindset for the great pushback to stop this stuff. Folks, uh Christianity is an action movie. It's an action movie. And look, you have you have uh you have two options in your life. You can either be part you can watch the action movie if you want to. You can buy a ticket and you can go sit and watch all this thing right, waiting for the rapture bus to take you out here. Get, movie's over. Movie's over. Get on the bus. You can do that. Or you can be an active participant in this game. But you got to understand this. Jesus told us himself, Myra read it at the opening, you better count the cost. So I, folks, I can't emphasize this to you enough. I'm going to tell you right now, evil forces are watching us. If you think you're uttering things on this program and the FBI isn't noticing it, I just want, hey, not trying to shut you up. I'm just trying to make you fully aware that the, that the United States government is no longer on the side of we the people. They declared that we, we didn't declare the war. We've been trying to do exactly what we're supposed to do. We marched to Washington, D.C. They turned it into a violent uh, event. So they could say that we didn't peaceably assemble. So we can't do it anymore. They've been, you understand the game? You understand what the devil does? You understand how he plays it? Do you understand that the truth is you may get caught up in some of the mess? They may lie about you. They may, they may fabricate stories about you. They may fabricate evidence about you. Do you understand this? Do you understand that we are in, the, uh, we are on, in a war for the souls of men? Do you understand that? Do you understand that we are part of the unwinding of this massive battle that's been going on for 6,000 years, and we are, we are positioned right now at this time and this place to make our play in this thing we call life. This is it. This is it. And for some of us, it's going to be a little bit tougher than others. So you better make a decision right now. Are you in or are you not in? Because if you're not in, when the going gets tough, you ain't going to be any good to anybody anyway. And if you think that you're going to uh, keep them off of you by remaining silent, well, you and your children are going to live in tyranny. I love America. But I'm here to tell you, 
that the American government is a seized operation. And the American government is designed to protect the government from the people. That's what January 6th is all about. Wow, what a time to be alive. Blessings. See you tomorrow.